space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of Superhero Taisen Z. Its five-year mission to explore strange new to seek out new Super Sentai and new to boldly go where no has gone before. Welcome back to Rider Break. I'm your host, Eager Devil, and this is the long-awaited episode 13. My review of the new movie, Kamen Rider, Super Sentai, Space Sheriff, Superhero Tyson Z, or Zet, if you prefer. It just came out today, I just got back from seeing it a few hours ago, and it's given me a lot to think about. I'll start off with my general opinion of the movie, and then get into specifics in details related to questions that some of you sent in. So expect plenty of spoilers in this episode. If you want to remain completely spoiler-free, proceed with caution. So here we go. Going into this one, I have to say I was cautiously optimistic. I like the first superhero Tyson, though it's definitely got its problems. But I was looking forward to seeing how the next one would be, wondering if they'd apply what they learned making the first film and create a superior sequel. And then the details and the pictures started to come out, Uh, And I have to admit, I was getting pretty excited. So I went in hoping to have a good time with this one. And I'm happy to say that I did. I like this movie a lot, and I think it's a definite improvement over the previous film. It keeps a lot of what worked about the first movie and ditches a lot of what didn't. Now that said, it's not flawless, and there are still fair criticisms that you can make of it. I think it's really going to depend on what the last movie did, and whether you liked it or not. For me, this movie fixes a lot of the problems that I had with the first one, but that's not going to be the case with everybody. Furthermore, I think how much you enjoy this movie will depend on which of the three major franchises you're most a fan of. Coming in as a writer fan, I think it's a blast. Wizard and Beast are major characters, though in alternating ways... Sort of like how, in the first movie, um, how they handled Forze, except Beast gets a lot more to do later on uh, than Meteor did. The rest of Haruto's crew all get to put in an appearance, and whenever other riders show up, they always come across very well, uh, as do all the older heroes. Space Shocker are the central villains for most of the movie, and I think they nearly steal the film in places. I was very pleased with how they were handled. Uh, and I'll get back to them in a bit. For a Super Sentai fan, I think you really have to like either Gokai Silver or Yellow Buster, because they're representing Sentai for much of the film. While the Kyoryujers, they're basically in a role similar to the Go Busters in the first movie. They aren't on screen a whole lot, but when they are, it's important stuff, and they get to interact with Wizard a lot. Uh, Red and Blue Buster figure into the story, but Yellow is really the one that gets the most screen time and the emotional arc of the film. Now, for a Metal Hero fan, uh, it's much more of a mixed bag. First off, I hope you like the Space Sheriffs, because as the title implies, they're the ones representing the Metal Heroes in this movie. There's the Metal Hero Gokai change scene, which I'll get to later, but really the focus here is on the new Gavin 
uh, with Shaivan getting a lot of action as well. Now, I could see a fan of the Space Sheriffs having a tough time with this movie because for most of the film, they're not coming across as very heroic. I think by the end you understand why they're acting the way they do, but I can still see it rubbing people the wrong way. So I think it'll just depend on how emotionally attached you are to the characters, especially with Sharivan. The closest thing I can think of is uh, Kenzaki and Wataru in Decade, and how they were characterized there. It's not exactly the same, but it is that similar kind of end-justifies-the-means aloofness thing. Basically, I think if you, you know if you grew up with Sharivan and he's like your favorite hero and all that, you might not like what they do with him in this movie. It's not terrible, uh, but I can see how it would be a complaint. And the same thing is with the original Gavin. Kenji Oba appears, and he's basically got a desk job. He's pretty much the commander now, uh, and he's got to make a pretty tough call, which is sure to be controversial with some fans. I think the movie pulled it off, but it, again, it'll really depend on if you're coming in as a fan of classic Gavin. Now, on the other hand, whenever they show up, the space sheriffs are shown to be very tough. Sharvan is able to take on three other heroes single-handedly, and Gavin Type G kicks lots of butt in and out of costume. Uh, the movie brings back Sharvan's villain group Mado and builds them and their leader into a pretty big threat. Back to the space sheriffs, and we also get to see all three of their vehicles, uh, and they figure into a, a really cool scene near the end. Just looking at it as a big superhero crossover team-up movie, uh, I think it's a big improvement from the first one. There's hero versus hero stuff, but it feels a lot more purposeful, and we get to the good versus evil stuff a lot quicker. While it doesn't have a scene equivalent to the first film's massive charge of all the Sentai and Riders, the big difference here is that whenever older heroes show up, it feels like more of a big deal, uh, even if there's less of them appearing on screen at a time. Like I said, I think... They kept a lot of the stuff from the first movie that worked, like having the cast be all pre-existing characters with an emphasis on the second stringers or the supporting cast members. I think the movie also probably has a better balance of being serious but not taking itself too seriously, and there's some really, really funny parts. It just it felt like it was having a lot more fun overall. Like You could feel the, the fun sort of oozing off the screen. Uh, <laughs> from the people making it. The action's good. It's not as mind-blowing as in some of the recent films, like anything directed by Sakamoto. But I think they've created some really interesting sequences, and it's just a lot of fun seeing so many different characters interacting on screen, crashing into each other. Uh, there's just something really cool about that. Uh, you know, now, not only Riders and Sentai, but they bring in the Metal Heroes, uh, and even some other characters, too. So, overall, it's not a perfect movie, and there's a lot of room for debate on parts of it, but I think in general, it's a step in the right direction. I think they really, they looked at the last movie, and they didn't change too much. It's, it's still in the same uh, vein, if you will, the same spirit, but a lot of the things that I didn't like about the first one, they fixed. So I came out of this movie really happy. Like, I, I, I had a good time. I'm going to go see it again as soon as I got a chance. But, 
you know, it's this is one you're just going to have to see for yourself because it's the same with the first superhero tight set. I mean, there were people that hated it. There were people that loved it. I kind of fell somewhere in the middle where I liked a lot of the ideas. It just the whole thing didn't quite come together for me whereas this one really does this feels like a really good movie overall just it it's it's pretty much what i wanted to see the in the first one so i'm really excited uh if they keep doing this every year now as a the annual team up film okay now from this point on i'm going to be getting into specifics and spoiling plot details uh so proceed with caution now i'll keep going with sort of my general thoughts and opinions on certain things but I asked uh, people on Twitter and Tumblr to send me in some questions just to kind of keep my mind going because the thing about uh, a movie like this is there's so much that happens I know for a fact that I'm going to just leave things out completely or skip over certain stuff so it's kind of good to get an idea of of what people want to hear or what things in particular people want to know about Uh, so let's take a look now, what's funny is a lot of these questions actually ended up being the same thing. So, you know, there are certainly things about this movie that I think everybody wants to know about. So let's see. All right, on the About the Gokai change sequence, Cassius335 asked, uh, Mostly I'm interested in if the Metal Hero change works out any better than the O's one from the last movie. Pretty much, uh, the only way I can say it is it's the exact same thing. <laughs> I, I'm sorry to say. It's, uh, Gavin gives the Gokaijers the metal hero keys. They all transform. They use their giant bazooka and they blow away some monsters. Um, now, the thing is, that wasn't a, a thing in the first movie that bothered me that much. I mean, yeah, it would have been cool to see them fight as as the O's forms. And ultimately, it feels a little strange to go through all that just to fire the gun, which they can do normally. It's pretty much the same thing here. I mean, it's cool seeing those costumes back. I guess if you're a real big fan of any of those characters, then yeah, it's going to be a disappointment. I mean, for me, it's just it was something I, I didn't mind that much. It was cool to see them. I, I think the one letdown is that they didn't have individual transformation effects. They just kind of all changed with one blur sort of thing. You know, like one flash of energy. Uh, so it's not like they went back and recreated any of the individual transformations or anything for those guys. So, yeah, that was kind of a letdown. I don't know. For me, I was actually kind of more preoccupied with the fact that the guy they're taking out with that attack is uh, Space Eka Devil, who was one of my favorite parts of the movie. And I was really hoping they'd give him a good death, and they did. So it's a cool scene. Um, but, yeah, if you're going into that, wanting to see uh, those middle hero, the middle hero Gokai change as anything different. It's really not. It's pretty much the exact same thing as the O's one. And he also added, I'm also still hoping they do a superhero Tyson movie involving Pretty Cure at some stage, though, of course, they'd have to animate that. Uh, I'd like to see that, too, I'd, just to see how they pull it off. I'd, I would go watch that in a heartbeat. Now, I'm sure, yeah, it would have to be animated in some way, or have animated sequences. I have no idea, but at the rate they're going, it could happen. All right, now here's uh, three questions that are all pretty similar, so I'll answer them together, but I'll, I'll read each one off. Um, from Frobman, I especially would like to know how well the characters are used since the last movie felt more like a decade Gokaiger story than a giant crossover. 
And Pundercracker asks, same, I'm particularly interested in how the Metal Hero side of things is handled in relation to the Kamen Rider and Sentai elements of the film, since I'm worried that it's just being thrown in because Toei really wants kids to like Gavin again. And Kamen Rider Phil's says, I too would like to know how balanced each franchise is as far as screen time. Right now it seems like it's mainly Gavin and Wizards thing, and Sentai's there, but not particularly important to the story. Okay, um, I think that this really does feel, to me, at the beginning, it really felt like a wizard movie, uh, because Haruto is on screen all the time, pretty much, in, in the first half of the movie. Then he disappears. Um, and actually Beast kind of takes over for him. But at the beginning, it really feels like there's a lot of Rider, and then you got Space Shark and everything coming in. Less so later on. But that's balanced by, there's a lot of stuff focusing on the Space Sharks. There's this whole plot of Geki has to fight Wizard and Beast because he's been told to. And you know he goes back to the headquarters and everything, gets yelled at. So uh, it's definitely a continuation of what the Gavin movie left off with, with where he is Gavin, and uh, and he's got responsibilities to the universe. I mean, that's sort of a central theme of this movie, and, and part of the big conflict is that the space sheriffs are trying to save the universe, while there's all the heroes on Earth who are concerned about the Earth, and uh, Gokai Silver brings that up as being sort of like a big point where... It, it's like you got to think about the Earth too, and he talks about how you know his friends are all from outer space, but they care about the Earth more than anything else, and uh, you know it, it makes for a pretty interesting dilemma. That's why I'm not too angry about how they characterize the space sheriffs in this movie. I, I could see how people would be. For me, it wasn't a big deal because I, I kind of got where they were coming from because basically magic is running rampant, and that, that's the fault of uh, the bad guys. So, you know, Space Sheriff Headquarters, they're ready to blow up the Earth pretty much to stop it, because otherwise it's going to just spread out across the universe. And we we get to see scenes where there's, like, spaceships crashing onto the planet and planets crashing into each other. I mean, it's it's reaching, like, decade levels of apocalyptic stuff. So I kind of get where the conflict is. I mean, I like that they show uh, when Kenji Oba is there. I mean, he's not just acting like a jerk. He he is kind of legitimately regretting the fact that, like, we don't have a choice. We we gotta, you know, it's it's the universe or the Earth. And Earth is, like, you know, my second home and everything, but... Uh, you know, so, um... It's, uh... It's definitely a Space Sheriff movie before it's a Sentai movie. I think if anybody gets kind of the bum deal in this one, it's the Sentai. Now, that said, Gokai Silver and Yellow Buster are two of the main characters. But like I said, they're kind of, they're the representation of Sentai. Like, you don't have any full team for quite a while. The Go Busters get a pretty good fight in the middle, and the Kyoryujas show up now and then. But there really isn't a whole lot of Sentai action until later, until the end. Like, there's a series of of really good fight scenes with all the heroes kind of coming together at the end. I mean, I guess it, it it kind of all balances out in a way, but I think if you go into this one, you kind of have to be ready to see a lot of Wizard and a lot of Geki, or Gavin-type G, because uh, he's really sort of the main character of the movie. It, again, like the first one, it's an ensemble piece, but uh, his conflict and his conflict with Sharavan, uh, who, you know, he's 
all gung ho about we gotta stop the guys because I mean Mato are his arch enemies pretty much. Uh, so I'd say that the balance was pretty good. I'll I'll have to go watch it again and and actually you know think about it more because the first time I was just kind of taking everything in as it came, but I I definitely feel like at least at the beginning it's very fo- much focused on wizard, uh, and then towards the end a bit more focused on I guess Go Busters because they have a pretty big fight scene. Really, I mean, the the guys who probably get the shortest end of the stick are Kyoryuja. They're, they show up to fight, uh, kind of, they have this friendly fight between uh, Kyori Red and Haruto. Like, they're not transformed, but they're using their swords. And they're kind of, like, feeling each other out. Uh, and then they show up at the end for the big fight scene, where they're in quite a bit of it. And they even got Kyori Gold in there, and he's pretty cool. Uh, I gotta say, I've, I haven't been watching the show so this was the first time I saw him, and I liked him a lot. But yeah, they're really not in much of the movie, comparatively. But you do get a lot of Gokai Silver and a lot of Yellow Buster. Uh, they're they're both pretty important to the main cast of the film, I would say. And, and Gokai Silver, he basically knows everything by this point. Like, whenever somebody shows up, he introduces them to everybody else. Like, he knows who Wizard is, he knows... Kyoryuja, I mean, he knows everybody pretty much, so it's pretty cool, and and he gets a lot of good fight scenes. Like I said, you know, if you're a fan of him, I think you'll like this movie. But I kind of know what you mean um, about Toei. They they're really kind of pushing the spaceships. They're pushing them. Uh, you know, they want them to become popular again, which is understandable. But yeah, this I mean, it really feels like their inclusion in this movie would have happened regardless of how the Gavin movie turned out. Now, I'm still not sure how that went over. I mean, I heard that it bombed, and I heard that it didn't, so I don't really know, but I get the feeling that, you know, this won't be the last time we'll be seeing the Space Sheriffs. Um, But overall, uh, yeah, I I think it did a pretty good job of balancing, for the most part, more towards the side of Ryder and Space Sheriffs, less so with Sentai. And even then, with Ryder, I'd say more towards the side of Wizard, in particular. Okay, and Kamen Phil's also asks, I'm also curious about the classic heroes. Akaranger and Ichigo presumably show up with a bunch of other Showa heroes, and they seem to be pushing Super 1's team up with Meteor, and maybe Forze. But I'm wondering if the classic guys are important, and how many appear. Alright, the interesting thing about this movie is they don't try to get every single hero into the film. I think there's something like 20 riders and 50 Sentai in total, I believe. Uh, so you get a couple full teams, but a couple times you only have like the Red Ranger show up. And then with the riders, it's all over the place. Like Off the top of my head, Rider 1 and 2 and V3, uh, X, Amazon, Super 1, RX... Everybody from Kuga through Deno, except Blade, he's gone for some reason. Uh, and then everybody from Double onward, at least for the main guys. And then, like, Meteor and Beast. So it's a really weird kind of assortment. Uh, and for the most part, they're showing up in the later half of the movie. Uh, there's sort of a scene where Gokai Silver runs off and... It's like, that's when we're going to round up the troops and all that. So there's a couple big fight scenes. Like, the, the main kind of heroes, the main characters, rather, I should say. You know, Gavin Type-G, uh, Yellow Buster, and by that point in the movie, Beast. 
they're trying to get into the bad guy fortress and, and that kind of thing. Uh, and they keep running into trouble, so groups of heroes show up to help out. Like, there's a scene where all kind of the, the wild heroes appear. So you have Amazon and Hibiki and Live Man and Ginga Man, because I guess, you know, animals. Um, then there's a the part with all the space heroes where you got Forze and Super One and Decaranger and, and Decade is there for some reason. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's a weird kind of mix. And then, yeah, at the very end of the movie, there's the scene with uh, Aka Ranger and Rider One and a bunch of other guys backing them up. And uh, I'd say they're important in the sense of they're helping out because that's sort of the, you know that's how things work in this movie is that there's just there are so many bad guys running around that they're going to overwhelm the heroes eventually so you know how do we respond to that get more heroes pretty much <laughs> now i do got to say the part with meteor and super 1 is not what it probably appears to be like the magazine scans you know showed that scene where they're doing the rider kick and that's cool it's just kind of one scene like they show up they both jump in the air and kick a guy, and then they're fighting separately. Uh, so it's not anything special, but it's still cool. I mean, it, it's cool to have them together. Like, the thing is, I mean, even though the old heroes don't really have that much in the way of, of screen time or uh, focus, when they do appear, I mean, they're always cool. Like, they, they don't, they're not sort of just the uh, the guys who get thrown around and beat up, like in the last movie. Like, when old heroes appear in this movie, as soon as they appear, that's, you know, game over for the bad guys, pretty much. So, it's, uh, it, it's interesting how, I would say that they're important, but they're not the focus. It's it's kind of hard to explain, really. But I, I don't know. I was I was happy with uh, with the appearances that they had, generally. Okay, and Drawn Robots asks, any returning stars worth mentioning? Like how Superhero Tyson had the original Red One from Bioman speak like two lions. There's a bunch, but they're all pretty recent. Like I know that they got the actual voices for Kyodine, uh, Inazuman, Forze. Probably the big one, like the big out-of-suit uh, appearance is Shinken Yellow, and that's because she's also playing uh, Gavin's sidekick. Uh, so they've, of course, got to have a scene where they meet, and uh, and that's pretty cool. Not a whole lot in the ways of star power, though. i, I got to say, uh, I mean, let's see, I think Captain Marvelous was there. Like as It's a lot of voice-only stuff. Like, you have Forze, but it's only his voice. Yeah, I don't know. Not a whole lot of old guys, which was probably the disappointment for me. Like, I, I really would have liked it if they got uh, Watari in this movie, like the original Sharivan. Considering how Sharivan is kind of important to the overall story, at least in, in how he relates to the bad guys. Uh, you know, they got the new one there, and, and he gets to appear, and that's cool. And uh, Shider shows up, but it's, it's just the voice, but of course it's Date's voice. Um, but yeah, I would like the original Sharivan to appear at some point, even, again, in a voice role or something. So not a whole lot in the way of old cast, but, uh, I mean, for the most part, they do a pretty good job. Like, like, they don't give too many large speaking roles to people who are clearly not who they're supposed to be, that kind of thing. Like, Meteor sounded pretty good. O sounded really good, except for there's one line where he spoke, and it's very clearly not agey. Like, he, the voice is way too deep. He's like, Forze sounds like he should, and then Oz pulls up next to him, and he's like, Now we'll show you the power of Common Rider. 
but then oddly enough every time after that he just kind of has the occasional you know grunt or something but he sounds fine so i don't know what was going on there Okay, Yui Oshi 48 has a bunch of questions, uh, which is good, because this will cover a lot of the major points. First, what's the link between Space Shocker and Mado? Okay, and that's good because I had a whole thing prepared. Um, Space Shocker. Space Shocker, hands down, was my favorite part of the movie. And it's funny, because when you get down to it, they're really just in there to provide some villain star power. Basically, the story is that Mato resurrected Shocker using magic, and they've teamed up to take over the universe and all that, uh, which is all good and well, but the thing is, in this movie, there's really only two actual representative characters from Mado, Raider and Demon King Psycho, and the rest who show up at the end are all Sentai villains, like, they'll kind of show up on this cliff and they're all in the shadows and everything, but as soon as they uh, do a close-up, you can clearly tell that they're all fairly recent Sentai villains, like, I think, from the 2000s, you know, all the way up to, like, Shinkenger and stuff like that. And I even saw the guy from the Decade crossover in there, which is pretty funny. So, basically, they needed to have somebody else for the heroes to fight for most of the movie, and that's what Space Shocker is. So, they're kind of almost like hired guns, in a way. Now, the thing is, even though we've had Shocker come back in a bunch of the recent films... I never get tired of it, uh, because they always try to do something a little different with them, to varying degrees of success. And in this case, they're kind of like an evil posse. Like, they're going around on this nationwide manhunt for this little talking ball guy, and attacking whatever random hero gets in the way. And, you know, it's, it's just a lot of fun. Like, it's characters we've seen before but there's just something cool about seeing them back and on the big screen in 2013. Like, in the first Superhero Tyson movie, one of my favorite things about it was that it had Isogan Jaguar from the original show, and, I don't know, it was just, there was something really cool about seeing him back in a movie. So, yeah, the, the classic guys, to me, the bad guys, they're as significant as the heroes, so I like seeing them back and, and done well. And generally in this movie, they're done really well. They are, you know, they're they're goofy in their own way, but they're also threatening, and, and they get some good action scenes. Sasori Ojiko even gets a really good jump scare moment, which I liked a lot. I mean, he's one of the original villains from the first 13 episodes, so that was cool. And then they also got Sabotegron, the first guy that Ryder 2 fights, and he's running around with his cactus club, and... Yeah, it, it's just cool to see them back. But um, the stars are really the redesigned guys. Like, Space Eka Devil, uh, before the movie came out, I was kind of joking that how I felt about the movie would hinge entirely on how they did him. And fortunately, he's really cool. Although I do kind of feel like the only reason they changed his design is that the other suit that they'd been using, it must be starting to get worn out because I'm pretty sure it's the same one from the 2000 live concert. Because personality-wise, he's the same as the old one, uh, and he doesn't really do anything that the old one couldn't do. So, but you know, it's a it's a pretty cool look. Uh, he doesn't have a human form, but that's understandable since they've done Doctor Shinigami in past movies. Uh, so I liked him a lot, and he actually was kind of involved in one of the movie's biggest surprises for me, which is that he gets to kill off two characters, something I wasn't expecting. Now, unfortunately, the characters he kills 
will tie into one of the things I don't like about the movie, but I'll get to that. Uh, Space Kuma Otoko was cool. There's a lot of neat things they do with his web powers. There's one scene where he tries to eat Forze, uh, which I liked. And Shadow Moon, he's basically kind of standing in for the leader this time. But it's cool because he really feels a lot like the old Shadow Moon in this one. I think more than in any other recent appearance. Uh, he just felt right. And he, at one point, he gets to beat the crap out of the Go-Busters. But he's then defeated by the Kyoryujers. So make of that what you will. Now, like I said, though, technically, Space Shocker, they're just kind of there as sort of like the flunkies. And they're all defeated before the end. So the final battle is really with Mado and the rehash Sentai guys. Uh, Raider, really cool, and he gets to fight like 20 heroes at once, uh, which was pretty impressive. He's played by Riku from Kabuto, uh, and he reminded me a lot of the new Dr. Shinigami from, from All Riders vs. Die Shocker, where he's not quite as scary as the original, because the original guy was pretty scary at times, but, you know, he's still cool, and he gets some good lines. Uh, the actual final villain in this movie is Demon King Psycho, uh, the main villain from Sharvan. Uh, he's got his original voice back, and he's kind of a like combination guy in suit puppet instead of CGI, uh, which looks pretty good. Like the final battle with him and the Kyoryujers robot, uh, it was pretty cool. Now the main plot sort of revolves around uh, the little ball guy I mentioned, Cyclone, who is basically part of him and the other villains are trying to find him and you know you can kind of see it coming if you know anything about the characters names i think because it's the hints right there and it's probably already been revealed but it's still a pretty cool moment when this little cute kitty ball character who is just been sort of the, like the cute sidekick all movie long he suddenly starts talking in the evil voice of hakaider slash bomba slash don horror slash a million other villains uh, that that was a neat moment. But pretty much, yeah, the connection between them is that uh, Mato brought Shocker back and they teamed up because if you're going to team up with anyone, it might as well be the best. Okay, question two. Are the Kyodine actually prominent at all? Sort of. And this is probably my biggest complaint with the movie, actually. Uh, the Kyodine siblings from the Forze summer movie last year, they return. They've apparently been resurrected as well and are with Space Shocker. And honestly, I don't think they needed to be in the movie because they don't really do anything interesting with them. They try to, and then they very quickly abandon it. What happens is there's a part where Geki, or Gavin Type-G, and Gokai Silver... They break into the, the bad guy base, and they find out about Mado and everything. And then they get attacked by the bad guys, and as they're trying to escape, they get attacked by Kyodai. And there's one part where, uh, like, a wall gets blown open, and there's this vortex outside, and Skydane almost gets sucked out, but Geki saves her. And they the Kyodai kind of leave them alone. You know, Groundane's like, wait a minute, he saved you. So you kind of, at that point in the movie, you're like, oh, are they going to turn good or something? Like, it, uh, it's really interesting. Then they show up later, they attack Gavin. Like, they knock away the other bad guys. They're like, leave him to us. They attack Gavin. Uh, Space Ecadevil knocks them away, and, and they fight. Then they show up again, like, a couple minutes later, do the exact same thing. And finally, Space Ecadevil's like, you know what? 
screw these guys and he kills them and it's like all right i mean that's kind of cool because it, it makes him look badass but why were, was kyodine in the movie i mean i i don't really get it it's it's like they wanted to do something with them then change their mind halfway through i mean it really is probably the the only thing in the movie i can think of that you know how like in the first one there was there was a lot of stuff that would just seem kind of stupid like the end's heel turn at the end and stuff like that and for the most part i mean this movie avoids that like everything kind of makes sense it's all following a, a pretty logical yeah i mean even if it's something like with the space sheriffs seeming like the bad guys you can kind of understand it because the movie at least attempts to explain it it with the kill nine i just don't know i mean i guess they just wanted to get him in there because because they look cool and everything but they just sort of drop the idea of, of them turning good. I mean, they give a very good reason why they should, is that Gavin, you know, saved one of them, and the the bond between the Kyodite is stronger than their allegiance to evil, you know, even though they're killer robots and all that. Uh, so I just don't know. I, I kind of hope that they'll bring them back in another movie and, and do this same idea properly, because when they kind of first showed it, when it's like, oh, you know, is, is something going to happen with them? It, it got me really interested. But then, nope, they, they just get killed off. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, uh, I can't get too mad at it because, like I said, it it, it makes Space Ecodevil look cool. But, uh, yeah, I just don't know. The, the Kill 9 were a bit of a disappointment, i got to say. Okay, number three, what's the deal with Psychron? Uh, like I said, he's part of the final bad guy. He actually manages to break free at the end, and uh, Yellow Buster gets a an emotional moment, uh, which it, it, it requires a lot of acting to be able to cry over a, a, a ball getting destroyed. But, but uh, yeah, he's pretty enjoyable. There, there's actually a really funny fight scene where everybody's kicking him around like a soccer ball, uh, and then he... he freaks out and tries to fight back and yeah it's you know a, a goofy idea but uh, again the revelation when you actually find out who he is that was pretty cool i gotta say uh number four is the metal hero gokai chain just a repeat of the old one uh like i said sadly it is pretty much number five uh when do the gavin plus space heroes and beast plus animal hero scenes take place those are kind of near the end. What happens is uh, Sharavan and, and Gavin, or Geki, they have kind of a little standoff. And then Sharavan's like, okay, you guys got an hour to save the world. Uh, so that's where I, I'm assuming the heroes just they hoof it and, and get everybody together. But yeah, like I said, the it's when um, the, the good guys, the main characters rather, are sort of launching this final attack on the enemy base, and they keep getting attacked by random uh, Space Shocker guys, but the heroes show up to help them out. So it's, yeah, it's sort of, um, it's sort of towards the end of the movie. Uh, number six, how do the Kyoryuger get involved in the plot? Uh, what happens is that Wizard gets thrown into this sort of dimensional porthole. Like, that's what the, the bad guys are doing, is they're opening up all these sort of magical rifts across the world. Yeah, all this crazy stuff starts to happen. He gets thrown through one of those and winds up in the stadium where he runs in the Kyoryujers and the red guy wants to fight him to see how brave he is and all that stuff. They have this friendly little spar 
Uh, and then they disappear <laughs> and show up again for the final battle, uh, which is, is cool. They get to defeat Shadow Moon. They get to help out in the big finale. And the part where Wizard joins them in the robot is funny because they're just like, Wizard, get up here, help us out. And they've got like a special thing for him and all that. And that was cool. I, I liked it better than how they did in the last one because nobody had to fall out of the robot or anything like that. Um, but yeah, I, I would say they're... They're really kind of just compared to some of the other characters. They're they have a very minor role, uh, but when they show up, they're cool. I mean, they they come out of this movie looking pretty awesome. I gotta say, and, and like I said, I, I really like Kyoryu Gold now. Uh, number seven. What does Inazuman do? Inazuman shows up first as Sanagi Man uh, to help out Forze when he's fighting Space Kuma Otoko. Now I'm guessing he time traveled uh, because if you've seen Ultimatum, well. Most of us haven't seen Ultimate. As we know from Ultimatum, he's from five years in the future, so somehow he time-traveled back uh, to help out Forze. He he basically he does that. He saves Forze, he turns into a Nazman combined, they defeat Space Kuma Otoko. And uh, this is obviously the Forze of the past, or the present, I guess, because he... <laughs> Our present, which is is not in the past, you know what I mean, um, because he doesn't know uh, who he is when he calls him his teacher and everything. But yeah, he, it's kind of just a cameo. But it was cool to work him in there, uh, and I'm guessing we'll be seeing him again pretty soon uh, if the end of the movie is anything to go by. Uh, number eight: Do Shider, the Core Gokaiger, and other Gobusters just sort of show up for the end? Um, the other Gobusters. Uh, red and blue, anyway. They get a pretty good fight scene. They show up to help out. Uh, Yellow's getting chased by Shocker. And I actually, I didn't see the end of GoBusters, so I didn't know, but she's apparently not with them anymore or something. Like, she's gone back to being a, a high school student. So they have to give her her transformation device. And then they all change together, and, and they get a fight. Uh, but then red and blue get kind of sucked into another dimensional vortex thing. And they get rescued by Yellow at the towards the end of the movie, uh, so they're there for the big final battle and all that. But really, I mean, it's pretty much her for most of the time. Like uh, they they're just kind of in a supporting capacity. Um, and same thing with the other Gokaiger. I mean, they show up. Captain Marvelous and the crew show up to help out Gokai Silver, and then they're there for the final battle. Uh, and yeah, same thing with Shider. So pretty much, yeah, they they show up for the end. Well, actually, I guess Shider's in a bit more because you get to see him flying around in his ship and there's a pretty cool scene where him and Gavin and Sharivan all get to shoot a giant laser at another giant laser and save the Earth. Uh, so he gets a little bit more to do. Uh, and lastly, uh, four Gobusters or five? Um, just the three, really. And then um, the stag guy shows up for one bit which is, is really funny actually he, he gets a nice little cameo where Kyoryu Gold and Beast are going to defeat a guy and then he shows up he's like I'll help out too and Beast shows him aside <laughs> probably one of, the, one of the best bits in the movie actually okay and finally something a couple people wanted to know about the cameo at the end um, Frogman asks also that supposed post credit teaser Tokugami says, what are your thoughts on the Kikaider teaser thing that we heard about? And Tanikaze says, please feel free to speculate about the reports of Kikaider appearance after the credits. Big deal, little deal, no deal at all. Well, um, 
pretty much what happens is as, after the credits roll, we see a sort of dark silhouette headshot of Kikaider, sort of like uh, the one that was in the first episode and then in the opening credits sequence. You know, it shows one side of his head, then turns around and shows the other. Then we see like a, a straight-on view. And uh, the thing that surprised me the most is that it's actually original Kikaider. It's not a redesign or anything. I mean, it's, you know, obviously a new helmet because it's shiny, so it's sort of like the, the remade Gavin suits. Uh, but it's it's definitely the original look. And so we see him, and he says, uh, they aren't the only heroes on Earth. And that's it. So, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to say right now, I think it's a guarantee, at least, that the next Superhero Tyson movie will have Kikaider in it, and probably other Ishinomura characters. Probably everyone that they've been having in the last couple movies. Like, we'll probably see the return of Inazuman, maybe even Akamizer, Poitrine, Daitejijin 1-7. Hopefully, Kyodain will finally get the, you know, a proper turn to good or something like that. I don't know, but uh, it's interesting. I, to me, like I said, the surprise was that it's original Kikaider. Like, I don't know what the story is there. Maybe it'll be something like, again, with the Gavin movie, where they, they didn't really change the design all that much. Uh, they just sort of remade the suit, you know, with new materials and stuff. And, and that gets me thinking, like, I'd really like to see Kikaider with the sort of the more leathery kind of suit that he had in some scenes of the original show. Like, there was the, you know, there was the obvious kind of cloth version. Uh, but then there was also this more leathery type one that I always thought looked really cool. And I assume it was harder to move in and, and do stunts in and stuff like that. So it was sort of more of a like a hero close-up shot version. But these days, you know, who knows what they could do. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I've heard things about it, about how it's, uh, you know, new series, new spinoff. I, I really don't know at this point. But I know, I know this much. I, I think I can say pretty safely from my, my own estimation of how these things work, is that we'll at least be seeing Kikaider in a movie in in some capacity in you know in the next few months. Maybe not maybe not Superhero Tyson. Maybe he'll be in another movie this year. I don't know. I mean, there's been rumors about the Wizard movie, and I, I don't know how they'd work him in there. And I, I kind of feel it's probably best to just leave that as a, a Wizard-only movie. You know, and, and have the other heroes be in stuff like these or in the the movie wars, I think, where they work a little bit better. You know, give give each uh, rider, each year's rider, kind of their own movie where it's them and their characters, and then you can have the the crossover movie with the previous rider, and then the the movie with all the other heroes. You know, something like that. Um, I don't know, but it's exciting and uh, it's a good note to close out on. So. Um, yeah, that just about wraps it up. I mean, this movie, uh, you know, I kind of went through everything that I can remember, all the major points, and there are there's a lot of things that I liked, uh, but again, you know, there's a lot of things I can admit could be done better, stuff like the Gokai change scene or the stuff with Kyodine. I mean, it's it's not perfect by any stretch, but uh, I I really did not think it was that bad. I mean, I, I feel like this is one where probably again gonna have a fairly uh mixed reaction just by virtue of of what it is and who made it i mean i know there's a lot of people that they see the name 
Osamu Kaneda and say, oh no, or, or they see that it's written by Yonemura and, and go, oh, not him again. You know, I, I mean, honestly, most of the time, I, I like the movies by those guys. I mean, the first Superhero Tyson, it had problems. <laughs> and they were pretty big problems. But, you know, there were still things I liked about it. And, I mean, I like a lot of the other movies that they've done together, this the same kind of staff. You know, and then, of course, there's the producer, Shirakura, who uh, is kind of mixed opinions on him when it comes to the crossover movies, because I know I mean, he's the guy who, he's he's really thinking about the money first, and so it's like, if we have to choose between getting the original actor or getting a guy that kind of sounds like him, we'll go with that guy, uh, the latter. I mean, and that's, that's sort of how this movie works. I mean, there's a lot of voices. Uh, Seki Tomokazu must be getting, like, a serious chunk of change from doing these movies, because he's, like, he's so many different voices in this. He's he's Space Eka Devil, he's Amazon, he's the Gokaiger voice, I mean, it's, it's really funny. Oh, he's Aka Ranger, you know, <laughs> but... Um, so I don't know, I, I, you know, overall, I, I like this one. I think it was an improvement, but, you know, they could improve further. Like, I would really love to see a different team get a crack at these like i'd love to see how sakamoto handles one of these because the action scenes i mean like i said they're all i think they're all okay they're good it's not anything we haven't seen before for the most part but it's if it's stuff we've seen before it's it's done very well here like i think the scenes were all pretty easy to follow they were all exciting there was plenty of them plenty of action going on uh so yeah overall i mean i'd say I thought it was a really good movie, and, and I liked it a lot, but as with anything, you know, you're going to have to see it for yourself and, and decide, but uh, I I recommend it. I say when it comes out in a few months, give it a watch, because uh, I had a good time, and I can't wait for the next one. So, yep, that's it for me on this episode. Thanks to everybody who sent in questions, uh, and if there's anything else you want to know about the movie, as far as I can remember, then uh, please, by all means, ask me, probably through some private means, like email or, or a direct message or something, so we don't spoil anybody, But uh, and I'll, I'll try to answer it as best as I can. Uh, thanks for listening, and uh, the next one will be me catching up on Wizard, which uh, I've got quite a few episodes to go through, but... I can't wait to, because I've been really enjoying that show. But uh, anyway, I'll see you next time. Shidou.